People like games. What up, folks? It's Reggie with People Like Games. We're continuing RPG Month with arguably the most famous in the genre, Final Fantasy. Let's get right into it. The story is going to sound pretty similar to last week's on Dragon Quest, but bear with me for a minute. This time, we get to talk about Enix's other half, Square. The creator of Final Fantasy, Hironobu Sakaguchi, got his start at Square while he was in school. He was a pretty fair weather student, and he and his friend Horimichi Tanaka started skipping classes for a Western RPG that you might be familiar with. That's right, just like Yuji Hori, Sakaguchi and his roommate fell in love with the WRPG Wizardry and would run all-nighters playing the game. After a while, Sakaguchi and Tanaka went to look for part-time jobs. They ended up landing a gig with the electrical contractor Denyu, who just so happened to be starting up their own gaming division. The pair dropped out and were some of the first hires at Square. Sakaguchi's first two games, The Death Trap and its sequel, Will The Death Trap 2, were massive hits and put Square on the map. With continued success on releases within popular genres, particularly racing and platforming, Sakaguchi started to get bored. With the rise of Dragon Quest and memories of his own time with Wizardry creeping back up, Sakaguchi wanted to take the formula Dragon Quest created and make it his own. Remember how important the manga art style was to Dragon Quest? Sakaguchi wanted none of it. The cute, vibrant world of Dragon Quest was replaced with a somber, dark, and lonely aesthetic. Yoshitaka Amano, known for his work in animation and as a freelancer, was tapped for the artwork, reaching further into the detailed fantasy side of the early RPG rather than Dragon Quest's cartoonish manga style. Sakaguchi went so far as to tell composer Nobuo Uematsu specifically to make a contrast to the Dragon Quest series. To continue setting his series apart, Sakaguchi knew a deeper story was needed. Dragon Quest was an expansive world for its time, but Final Fantasy aimed to tell a story. The game begins and immediately throws the player into the quest. The Light Warriors are sent to save the princess from the evil Garland. Once he's defeated, you're finally treated to the title screen. Let that sink in for a second. Pretty much all games on the NES up until this point basically followed the get somewhere to save the princess from the big bad formula. Final Fantasy got that done before the title screen even showed up. It sent a message. This game was more than just saving the princess, which you could even boil Dragon Quest down to. Sakaguchi sought the depth that Dragon Quest couldn't attain with Hori's philosophy of simplicity. And in the beginning, that would come through a compelling story. I could go on and on about the intricacies and changes that each game brought to the series and RPGs as a whole, but I picked out a few of the most important details for you. Final Fantasy II was the first game in the series to introduce the absolutely iconic Chocobos, as well as the character Sid. For those who didn't know, there's a Sid in every Final Fantasy game except the original, but some ports later on would retcon that. But Final Fantasy II and III didn't actually see original NES releases in the US. Basically, because localization took so long back in the day, by the time they would have made it out of Japan, the SNES was already out and Final Fantasy IV was on its way. That led to Final Fantasy IV releasing as Final Fantasy II in the States, throwing everything off for a little while. Next, I'll jump up to the iconic 
Final Fantasy VII. Some people might get mad I skipped over six, but let's be real. Final Fantasy VII is one of, if not the most iconic game of all time. 2020's remake is just a testament to the influence and continued love for a game whose original in-game assets were somewhat of the worst in the series. Never forget those polygons. In 2001, the series had one of its biggest breaks, which was also one of their biggest flops. The star-studded box office bomb, Final Fantasy The Spirits Within. To be honest, I never even heard of this movie until this research, and it makes no sense. Even in 2001, the series had such clout to get Alec Baldwin, Donald Sutherland, James Woods, and Steve Buscemi, all voice acting on the same movie. That's not even to get started on the main character Aki Ross's Maxim spread, and I'm not kidding about that. Final Fantasy X was the first to get a direct sequel, and it's still one of the best-selling games of all time on one of the best-selling consoles of all time. Scratch that, the best-selling console of all time. Final Fantasy XV, the most recent in the series, is the biggest shakeup to the entire formula, taking a more active fighting style, a little bit more akin to another square property. Like I said, I could go on and on, but at the end of the day, you all know Final Fantasy. Even with Sakaguchi leaving Square to create his own studio, Mistwalker, back in 2004, the series has only continued growing and drawing ridiculous crowds for every single release. Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy are like two sides of the same RPG coin. One takes heavier influence from the manga and the cutesy style, while the other goes for a deeper, more intricate story and gameplay. But down the line, a game would come along that would find a sort of balance between the two. We'll save that for next week when we talk about Chrono Trigger. I've been Reg. This has been People Like Games. I'll see you next week. Peace.